Thanks for inviting Mission City Church to join you wherever you are today. We've got a great message for you, so let's go ahead and get started. Well, good morning. Merry Christmas. Hope you're doing well today. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and take them out and turn to the book of Matthew. Uh, is where we're going to be. Matthew is the first book uh, in the New Testament. And uh, while you're looking for that, uh, we have the privilege of our annual Christmas quiz. Uh, this is an opportunity for us to test our knowledge of the Christmas story, right? The series we've been in through Christmas, the greatest story, the story of the birth of Christ. So let's see how well we know the Christmas story. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read to you the questions. I'm going to give you several options. You're going to tell me out loud which one you think it is, and then we'll give you the correct answer, and then we'll give you a grade at the end, and you'll either get to go to heaven or not. That's just kind of how it works. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Question number one. For the journey to Bethlehem, Mary and Joseph, A, walked, B, Joseph walked, Mary rode a donkey, C, they rode a bus, or D, who knows? What do you think the answer is? D, who knows, right? All the pictures and the stories, you see a donkey and someone walking, but we're not really sure. Number two, Christmas has always been observed on December 25th, A, on January 17th, B, C, at grandma's house, or D, none of the above. What do you think? D, none of the above. How many of you two for two? All right, all three of you, that's good. All right. How many wise men came to see Jesus? How many do you think? Why do you think there's three? Because of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, right? The answer is we don't know. We don't know how many wise men came. We just know that there were three gifts and there were multiple wise men that came. So number four, who directed Mary and Joseph to go to Bethlehem? A, Herod, B, an angel, C, Caesar, or D, the IRS? Which one? It is C, Caesar. Caesar directed them, right, that they should go and be taxed, that there would be a census that took place. Number five, how many angels spoke to the shepherds? A, a multitude. B, two, Gabriel and Michael. C, one. Or D, who knows? C, one angel spoke, right? Uh, So six, What song did the angels sing? O little town of Bethlehem, joy to the world, glory to God in the highest, or D, none of the above? What? D, none of the above. It doesn't even say that they sang. Trick question there. They got you, right? Number seven, baby Jesus was born in a A, cave, B, a manger, C, Bethlehem, or D, none of the above? Which one? D, none of the above. Because it's a trick question. Maybe you had a teacher like this when you're growing up that just because they couldn't stand anybody making 100, they always like changed one word. So you got the answer wrong. It says baby Jesus was born in a cave manger. He was born in Bethlehem, but not in a Bethlehem. That that wouldn't make sense, right? So that's a trick question. Eight, because nobody can make 100. Uh, Number eight, what animals were present at Jesus' birth? A, cow, sheep, and camels. B, cow, sheep, and donkeys. C, lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. Or D, who knows? D, who knows? We don't know which animals were there. We just know that there were animals there. 
Uh, Number nine, when did baby Jesus cry? Because baby Jesus was perfect, right? A, when he opened the wise man's gifts. B, whenever babies usually cry. C, when the cattle started lowing. Or D, no crying he makes. Which one? B, like whenever babies cry, he cried, I'm sure. Uh, Number 10, who saw the star over Bethlehem? A, Mary and Joseph. B, the shepherds. C, three kings. Or D, none of the above. D, none of the above. They weren't three kings. They were the wise men or the magi. We just sing the song. We three kings, right? Uh, Number 11, what in the world are magi? A, eastern kings. B, bankers. C, astrologers. Or D, school teachers. C, astrologers, right? They came looking for the star. Number 12, when the wise men brought their gifts to Jesus, they found him A, in a manger, B, in a house, C, at vacation Bible school, or D, none of the above? Huh? B, in a house, right? He was born in a manger. He was born and taken to a manger. That's where the shepherds were. The wise men came later. He was just in the house in Bethlehem. Number 13, in what books of the Bible will you find these fascinating facts? A, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. B, Matthew and Luke. C, Mark and Matthew. D, Matthew, Mark and Luke. Which one do you think? B, Matthew and Luke. So if you remember last week when we kicked off this series, we talked about the shepherds. We said that's in Luke chapter 2. And then Matthew's chapter 1 and 2 are the Christmas account in the book of Matthew. So if you're ever looking for the Christmas story, Luke chapter 2, Matthew chapter 1 and 2. So let me pray for us. And we're going to jump in this morning. Father, thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you for this season when we get to to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And uh, Father, I thank you for the greatest story ever uh, about your son. And so, Father, help us just to focus on him this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, How many of you love Christmas? Pretty much everybody. You're you're kind of the Grinch if you don't love Christmas. That's kind of how it goes. That's why there is the Grinch. It's crazy that Christmas has become this this huge marketing sales time that nowadays, like literally in August, you go into Home Depot and they have Christmas trees and lights and all of these things. And like I'm one of those over-the-top Christmas people. The day after Halloween, I'm into Christmas uh, and, and slowly the world is starting to follow my lead here on that, that Christmas is not just a few weeks. It's, it's a time to celebrate for a couple of months, at least in my house. But what happens because of all that is you have these overhyped expectations. This idea of how Christmas is supposed to be, the perfect place, uh, the perfect decorations, the perfect Christmas songs, everything is joyous and trouble-free and stress-free, Right? That's how Christmas is supposed to be. But, but is that really what you experience at Christmas? Stress-free, trouble-free, worry-free, everything goes exactly as it's supposed to? Probably not. Work in December is usually stressful. You're trying to close out the year. Or you're trying to make up for all the work that you're going to miss because you're going to take some time off at Christmas. You've gotten the notification from Amazon that that thing that you ordered isn't going to make it by Christmas. So you're going to have to wrap a box with a note that says coming soon, right? Family, you're already thinking about the family you're going to have to spend time with. And it's not the family that you like to spend time with. It, It seems like there's kind of one crisis after another. So it's hard with all of this taking place to have a holly jolly Christmas. Or maybe there's no real issues Like, you're not worried or stressed, but for whatever reason this year, Christmas doesn't seem 
very joyous and you're not even really sure why. It's not providing that emotional lift that I think we all look for at Christmas time. It's not a wonderland, it's just winter. So we have these expectations for Christmas and unfortunately it doesn't have to be that way. And I think as we look at at the passage of scripture that talks about the wise men in Matthew chapter two, uh, that we're gonna, gonna see some principles that I think that we can apply to our lives this year. And so in Matthew chapter two, starting in verse one, we're just gonna read uh, the story of the wise men at Christmas. It says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who's been born the king of the Jews? For we saw a star when it rose and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled because Herod was the king, right? And all Jerusalem with him and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ or the Messiah was to be born. And they told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. And from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And when Herod had summoned the wise men, he secretly ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may too worship him. And after listening to the king, they went on their way and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came rest over a place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary and and his mother and they fell down and worshiped him. And then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warmed in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So so here we see the account of of the wise men. And, And I think as we look at this passage, that there's three principles that I think that, that we can see from this account that, that we can learn from this Christmas. When, when we think about our expectations and what Christmas is supposed to be, three things that we can learn. The first one is this. Your joy is impacted by what you seek. Your joy is impacted by what you seek. What is it that you want to, to get out of Christmas? I mean, really, what are your expectations? What are you, what are you looking for? What would make Christmas wonderful and make it satisfying? Is it snow? We live in San Antonio, right? That's probably not going to happen. Is it all the Christmas songs? They're nice, but they're going to leave you feeling empty. Is it, is it the family being together? Is it the family being happy? Is it giving the right gift? Or is it receiving the right present? See, all those things are great, and I enjoy all of those things, but they, they all can be disappointing. They, they all can leave us dissatisfied. It, it's all about our, our expectations. We're, we're looking for and we're looking to the wrong thing. Uh, some of you saw maybe on social media, they, they were just doing a fun little question to the staff. What is the greatest Christmas movie ever? And so I'll ask you the same question. On three, tell me your favorite Christmas movie ever. Okay? Out loud. One, two, three. Right. I mean, Christmas Vacation. I agree. We all, we all agree that is the, the greatest Christmas movie ever. And you think about Christmas Vacation, you have Clark Griswold 
And, and then you have Crazy Uncle Eddie, which all of us have a Crazy Uncle Eddie. And if you don't know who Crazy Uncle Eddie is in your family, it might be you, right? But the whole movie is set up on unrealistic expectations. The very beginning, they're looking for the perfect Griswold Christmas tree. And, and then it's the perfect light display on the house. And then it's all the family being together. And then it's the meal. And then it's the Christmas bonus. All of these expectations impacting his view and feelings about Christmas. But, but the wise men show us how to increase our level of joy because they were looking for the right thing, which was Jesus. Our, our expectations are met through Jesus Christ and a relationship with him. Look in verse 2, it says, Where is he who's been born the king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. So, so Christmas is an opportunity to worship Jesus, right? That's what we need to be looking for this Christmas, an experience of worship. And I'm not just talking about Sunday mornings where we sing some Christmas carols or singing in the car on the way to work, on the way to school. I'm talking about truly worshiping Jesus with our lives. You see, see, if our goal this Christmas is to worship Jesus, I doubt that you'll end up being dissatisfied. If he is our focus. So, so number one, your joy is impacted by what you seek. But number two, your joy is related to where you look. Where you look. Now, what we learn from this story as we look at this passage on, on the wise men is they didn't immediately look in the right place. Where did they go at first? You remember? To Jerusalem. They followed the star to Jerusalem. Now, if you're coming from the east, and most commentators think that they, they came from uh, probably Iran, an area around Iran is where they came from. You're coming and you're following this star. If you've been to uh, Jerusalem or you've been to the, uh, to the promised land, Israel, Bethlehem is not that far outside of Jerusalem. So it made sense to the wise men if they're going to seek a king to go to Jerusalem. Because that's where a king would have been born. It says, behold, wise men came from the east, but they actually looked in the wrong place, right? They looked initially where their own reasoning said that they should look, which was Jerusalem, again, where a king would be born. And so often we think about our lives, we're tempted to look in all the wrong places for our satisfaction and for our joy at Christmas time. The wrong places. We, we look where our, our own reasoning, where the world tells us to look. I, I blame this on Hallmark movies. How many of you watched a Hallmark movie? Will you admit it? Right? There, there's 27 Christmas Hallmark movies with three plots. All 27. They just change the scenery and whatever. But it's all the same movie. And, and Pinterest, we, we have all these ex expectations built up about the perfect this and the perfect that and how everything is supposed to be. And the world is telling us what our expectations should be. Christmas should be about family. And so we're like Clark Griswold. Let, well, let's just get all our family together. If we have our family together, uh, it'll be a good Christmas. Or, or Christmas is about going back to our childhood home, right? If we go back to, to grandma's house, because if Christmas isn't at grandma's house, then it's not really Christmas. 
or all the Christmas traditions that you have, what you eat and how you open presents and all the things that you do. And again, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But the world has told us that's where your expectations for Christmas should be met. And just like Clark Griswold, we find ourselves disappointed. It's great to be at family, but when Christmas is over, it's not like, okay, all the joy came from just being around family or all the joy just came from being at grandma's house or singing all the songs or all the traditions. You see, the wise men course corrected. They, they looked to God. Their, their trip to Jerusalem wasn't a total loss because while they were there, Herod checked with the, the, the chief priests and the scribes, where is the Messiah to be born? They, they went to God's word And they found that Jesus was to be born in Bethlehem, just like the prophet Micah said. You see, when we truly want to seek satisfaction in Christmas, we we look to Jesus. And where do we find Jesus? We find Jesus in God's Word. God's Word always points us to Jesus. Did you know that all of the Bible, Old and New Testament, points to Jesus? Even in Genesis, we see The first prophecy pointing towards a Messiah, pointing towards a Redeemer that that will save us from our sins. God's Word always points us to Jesus. And so when you think about traditions, a lot of us have traditions at Christmas. Again, there's nothing wrong with those things. But but instead of the night before Christmas, what if it was, let's let's look at God's Word. And let's, let's read the story, the account of the birth of Jesus. They, they started off in the wrong direction, but they ended up finding Jesus because they went to the, the Word of God. The third thing we see here is your joy is influenced by what you give. All right, it's great. The wise men came with gifts, but not just gifts, they came with appropriate gifts. In verse 11 it says, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts. Gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now, you may not have thought about those gifts very often. They wind up in songs and we read about them, but, but those were appropriate gifts. Gold was, was for a king. Frankincense was for a priest. Jesus was not just king, he was priest. And myrrh was to anoint the body of someone who had died. So just in the, in the gifts that were given... You see Jesus, the story of Jesus, that he was king, that he was priest, and that he was going to die. See, Christmas is the beginning of the fulfillment of God's promise. It didn't end at Christmas with little baby Jesus in a manger. Jesus was born so that he could die. Now now think about your own Christmases. The best gifts are the appropriate gifts. The gifts that have some meaning. I was watching a movie this week. Becky and I were watching a movie together, Christmas movies. I'm cheesy like that. I get up at night. I'm like, let's watch some Christmas movies and Christmas shows. You've seen them a hundred times, but you watch them over and over anyway. We're watching this this one new movie, and and it was a, 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 a dad basically talking to his daughter about how when he was growing up, the one gift that he wanted was Nintendo. Now, here's the deal. He grew up in the 90s, which I like because that's when I grew up too. And so they have, you know, the 90s haircuts, lots of hairspray, 90s clothes. If you're a modern gamer, 
you know, what you play and what we played in the 90s are completely different. We thought Nintendo was really cool because it, it was an Atari. Uh, but, but it still wasn't like you have today. But he's talking about the only one kid in his neighborhood had a Nintendo. All the kids went over his house to watch him play Nintendo. All he wanted for Christmas was this Nintendo. And, and the whole movie is just all the schemes and we're going to save money and we're going to do this. We have this plan and we're going to break out. A, you know, we're going to do all these things to get Nintendo. And finally it comes to Christmas and he's just like, please, 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 please let me get a Nintendo. And it says that he, he walked in, he looked under the tree and he could just tell by the shape of the boxes there wasn't a Nintendo. And they open all the presents and there's no Nintendo and mom and dad are all happy, isn't this great? And he's all down. And then a package comes from his uncle who lives in Japan. Well, guess where Nintendo comes from? Japan. And the box is the right size and he opens up the box and you know what it is? A light bright set. No Nintendo. So Christmas is over and the mom and dad are like, hey, let's get all our stuff together. We're going to grandma's house for Christmas. And before they leave, the dad gives him instructions. You need to go out in the backyard and you need to finish picking up the dog poop that you didn't pick up earlier. And make sure you pick up behind the shed where you didn't pick up. So, so as if it's not bad enough he didn't get Nintendo, now he's picking up dog poop. And at the end of the movie, he walks to the backyard, he walks behind the shed where he hadn't been in a long time and he looks up and all lit up, there's this amazing treehouse that his dad built for him. And all of a sudden, the thought of Nintendo completely leaves his mind. He runs to the treehouse and climbs up in the treehouse and, and just is so excited. His dad comes up and it's just this amazing, amazing treehouse. And then as an adult, he's looking back because his father's passed away at all the memories of their time together in the treehouse. You see, it's, it's the gifts that have special meaning, that, that really, really matter. When we think about Jesus, what is our appropriate gift for Jesus from you? And the answer is our worship. You ever have like your mom and dad or maybe your spouse, you're like, what do you want for Christmas? And you're like, I only want one thing. Well, Jesus looks at us and when we say, Jesus, what do you want for Christmas? He says, I only want one thing. I just want your worship. Not all the other stuff. Just your worship, your, your affection. And when you think about worship, worship isn't just Sunday morning. It's not just what we're doing in here for an hour. Worship is our lives. We, we worship God in a lot of different ways. We worship God with our heart. How, how do we worship God with our heart? By loving Him and loving others. We're to love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And it says we're to love our neighbors as ourselves. And so we worship Jesus by loving Him and loving our neighbors. We worship Him with our mind. That we spend time in God's Word, that we desire to have a, a relationship with Him and to know Him. How do we know Jesus? Through God's Word. We long for that. We desire that. We, we honor God. We worship God through our resources. That, that's why we, we give tithes and offerings at church. It's not because we need money. It's because that, that is a, a tangible example of our worship, that everything we have is yours. So we worship God through our resources, and then we worship God through our time. God, my, my schedule 
I have a lot to do, but, but my schedule is yours. Whatever you need to rearrange, whatever you need to do, I, I'm willing to do it. I, I was thinking about this story today about the wise men had to travel from a far, as far away as Iran, and they're maybe riding donkeys or horses, but it's taken a long, long time. And I'm thinking, good thing that didn't happen today, because nobody would have had time to go find Jesus. I don't have time in my schedule. Oh, how long is that going to take? A couple of days? Oh, no, can't do that. We worship him with our time. So what areas of your worship, that appropriate gift, do you need to work on? God, what are the areas in my life? God, am I worshiping you with all my heart? God, am I worshiping you with all of my mind? God, am I worshiping you with, with my resources? God, am I worshiping you with my time? Jesus says, there's just one thing I want for, from you this Christmas. And it's just your worship. See, the greatest gift that was ever given was the gift of Jesus. God gave us his very best in his son. Jesus came to the earth. He was cute, little baby Jesus in a manger. But Jesus came ultimately to die in your place and my place for our sins so that we could be forgiven, so that we could experience life. And, and he died and he was buried, but he didn't stay in the grave. He rose again, proving he was God. It, it was God initiating a relationship with us through Jesus Christ. See, the greatest gift that we can offer you this Christmas is the gospel, a relationship with Jesus. For some of us today, that's how we need to respond. We need to embrace and accept the gift of Jesus, understanding that, that Jesus died for us, that he rose again so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have life. In just a little bit, we're gonna have some folks in the back by our response banners, and they would love to take God's word and share with you not our opinion, but how you can receive Jesus. For others of us this morning, our response is giving God our worship. All the expectations that we have for the perfect table decorations and the tree and the food and the songs and all of these things, they're, they're great, but they're always going to fall short because the only thing that could truly satisfy is Jesus. And if our expectation this Christmas season is just to worship him, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. So Father, we thank you for the greatest story. We thank you for the birth of Jesus, God, the fulfillment of your promise that you would send a Messiah, that you would send a Savior, that you would send a Redeemer. Father, we thank you that at Christmas we celebrate the beginning of the fulfillment of that promise and all the hundreds of prophecies that were fulfilled in the birth of Christ. God, I pray that, that this year, Lord, you, you tell us the only thing you want from us for Christmas is our worship. So God, I pray that all the other things that fall short, God, that this year, that all of those things would be secondary to our worship of you. God, I thank you. Your word says you are the only thing that truly satisfies. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. At Mission City Church, we love people and love how the good news of Jesus transforms lives and we want to see it more every day. Stop by missioncity.church to check out what we are up to that you can be a part of. 
It is also where you can share a gift to support the ministries of Mission City in San Antonio. Be blessed. Till next time.